Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Fade the Public Podcast. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me as always, it's Mr. Ryan Morrison. How are you doing, Ryan? Ian, I am. Uh, I am living the dream. Uh, it's about six six twenty on a on a Wednesday afternoon. I've got uh, um, uh, got a beer in my hand, so things could be worse. Things could always be worse. That's an important thing that you can always remember. They could also be a lot better, but things could be worse. Uh, one of my favorite ongoing Twitter jokes is that uh, probably the best follow on Twitter, comfortably smug. Uh, we'll occasionally send out a tweet that usually sets it up, up as one of those inspirational ones where whenever you're in a bad situation and you feel like things just aren't going right and they can never seem to go right and you're, you're just kind of wondering what the point is, just remember, things are going to get so much worse. <laughs> uh, what did I say in our group chat? I think uh, I said it the other, the other day. I said, wow. It was pretty fucked if Jesus saw this coming and didn't stop it. And, and then I said, or maybe he saw it coming and it's just going to get much, much worse. <laughs> I think, was, I, think I, said, I was typing it before I saw your second message, but I was like, clearly somebody hasn't read Revelations. <laughs> yeah, that's when I said, I think I replied back and said, why do you add Revelations to that sentence? <laughs> um, uh, I do... I, I love the question we posted in there today. By the way, to the listener, um, uh, also uh, got uh, uh, Zach's, we- one of the listeners, the, the listeners, uh, one of the listeners, uh, wedding date, uh, March 6, 2021. Excited for it, Zach. Little shout out beginning of the podcast. Um, Mazel tov. Um, sure. Um, don't cut your foot open when you break the glass. That's what happens at Catholic weddings, right? Uh, I... I don't, I, I don't go to Catholic weddings. They they apparently have to be done in churches, and I'm not allowed in those. <laughs> not, you're not allowed within 100 feet of churches. Or schools. Um, <laughs> so um, I love that question. We Oh, oh that's right. What I, that's what I was going to say. Um, to the listener, uh, this is going to be just an open-ended podcast. We'll do segments, but um, we're just going to let the conversation flow today. Uh, so... Um, I did love the barstool question of the day. Answer the internet. Uh, who would you allow to? Who would you want to greet the, the alien race when it comes to the, to the world? And we took the we took the the qualifier off that they could be dead. So, so why did you split? Why did you pick Alexander the Great? Because he's the greatest general in world history. More so than Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan wasn't the greatest general. His, the, the Mongols were just so much better trained at combat than everybody else. Okay. No one, they were able to fire bow and arrows accurately from hundreds of feet away while still, while riding horseback. So the issue is, the, the issue is like, would you want a, not an issue, but the question I posed to you, would you want a dictator or, not, or, a, or a general meeting the aliens. Wouldn't you want like a peacemaker, someone that would try to understand them rather than just try to kill them? Given that they're aliens and they have technology to travel to them to to the Earth, they probably have like pretty sophisticated weapons. Ooh, that's a good point. Uh, Sun Tzu would probably be the the next one. Then. The art of war. Exactly. Okay, so you pick another 
<laughs> well, no, you don't understand. You, you're misunderstanding. The art of war includes negotiation, and basically, it's all about understanding your enemy. Okay. There's a there's a there's a piece or a portion of it where they talk about how a general is basically stuck in a, a village and he's completely undermatched. Like he doesn't stand a chance if there's a battle. And so what he does is he takes he just takes a chair. And sits outside the walls of the village and smokes a pipe as they're approaching. And they see him, and they see him just calmly sitting there and smoking his pipe. And they know that he sees them and knows that they're in the distance. And so they assume it has to be a trap. And so they just leave. Meanwhile, it was clearly not a trap, but that was the whole idea of the... yeah. Exactly. He was bluffing. 100% bluffing. Interesting. Interesting. Sun Tzu. I kind of like the idea... But also, I think think if we're going to go hand-to-hand combat, it has to be John Bones Jones. Yeah, but it's an entire alien race. You know? It's not just like... Oh, in that case, I told you if we're going with someone currently alive, you have to go with The Rock. Why The Rock? Okay, he's physically imposing... Which is something that just naturally people f- take respect for. That's well, why but they're I aliens. Believe. You don't know. You don't know if they're gonna have the same. Man- they could look at small people as being. Well, if we're if we're going off of their aliens, so we don't know, then there's no point in even asking the fucking. Yeah, that's the whole point of asking the questions. You have to think about these things. You have to weigh in all considerations of their behavior. They're aliens. Well, if we've never met them. Then we don't know what they look like. We don't know. Well, those are part of the. Those are part of the assumptions. I'm waiting. You're waiting for what? I'm w- waiting for you to continue. I'm just saying those are part of the assumptions. Okay, well, he's, he's incredibly charismatic. He's an incredibly nice guy, but he's imposing enough to where they wouldn't basically start sunning him and, start, and like try and take advantage of him. But he's also not so important that it would uh, leave us destitute if they were to just kill him on the spot. True, like if you said aliens killed Rock, it'd be like, oh man, that sucks. But that would be like the geopolitically, that would be the, the end of it. I don't think you could pick a geopolitical figure anyway. Oh, 100% no. <laughs> Can you imagine if we sent Donald Trump? <laughs> hey, welcome to the world. It's the best world. Is there, any, is there any worse person we could send than Donald Trump? Well, Joe Biden doesn't know how to speak, so that could be good or bad. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> um... And honestly, if they had ducked to Joe Biden, I think it would do the, the Democratic Party enormous favor. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I cannot imagine Donald Trump saying, welcome to the world. It's the best world. It's the cleanest world we've ever got, we've ever had. Uh, your favorite president, me, by the way. That is, I think I've said it on here before. That's my favorite, like, mannerism that he uses in his tweets is, your favorite president, and then either comma or parentheses. Me. Me. <laughs> oh, God. Dude, it's, it's just so wonderful. I, I, it's just so wonderful. I love his Twitter. It's very charismatic. He, he also started, he also, I think it was today, started using Joe Hyde. Yes, he did use that today. Um, he used emojis in his tweet, too, which was weird. Um, talking about the economy, I think. 
like the S&P was on track to hit its highest record ever, um, mm-hmm. which um, – and we'll just – let's just go ahead and get into that. Ian, how do you feel about it? Uh, it just proves evermore that the, that the stock market has nothing to do with the economy. Well, not nothing. It's, it's very much a correlation, but it is not even remotely causational. And especially the S&P, it's basically being carried by the tech stocks, which there's no reason why technology would be affected during a pandemic. And so it's the banks and the tech stocks are the biggest companies in the S&P 500. So obviously they're going to hold the biggest sway on what happens. Uh, and the only way that the it would, it's basically, even though it's the S&P 500, it's very heavily dependent on what the top 50 are and then the lower 450 only make an impact if the top 50 are stagnant or if the lower 450 are just doing such shit such garbage performance or such gangbusters performance that it shifts it in the opposite direction so uh let me uh riddle you this one um what are your comments on jpal uh, I believe he essentially said that um, as you print more money, inflation d- – what did he say this week? <clears throat> Something about how, like, they change their inflation goal <clears throat> through, like, the next 10 years. i got to pull up the headline. Well, they fucking have to because if they don't inflate the currency, we won't be able to pay for our fucking debt. Oh, boy. Yeah, did you see that headline today? That the debt, the national debt will uh, surpass the annual GDP. Well, the thing that they don't they don't account for is how much of the GDP is actually government spending, which is essentially just a lot of that's just debt as it is. So I think I think this year before all of the COVID stuff, the stimulus. I think it was already scheduled to be a fifth of the of the budget was debt. A fifth of the budget? Yeah, I think the budget was about five trillion dollars, and we only bring in about four trillion in taxes. A fifth of the budget was debt. Yeah. You know. No, it was. Fu- it was. It's not for debt. It's. Uh, right. It's, funded right what I, I guess what i'm what's curious to me is that um you know ian it feels like we're uh we're <laughs> i'm sorry i just got distracted it feels like we're racing towards a red light the reason i got distracted is that uh the first headline when i googled jerome powell the first headline that came up was jerome powell throws the u.s dollar under a bus in jackson hole Who made that headline? <laughs> that was Coin Telegraph. So probably some, probably some um, uh, Bitcoin website. Here it is. Uh, well, I'm not sure if you've not. The only reason why the U.S. dollar is worth anything, there's two reasons. One, and they're connected. One is because it's used to as the uh, unit of payment for. Oil and two, it's the petrodollar. And two is because we like every country on earth, their national bank has like at least 20% of their national bank's uh, uh, what is it, currency is American dollars. 
And so the second that the international banks realize that that's a dumb idea on their part is going to be when the American dollar takes a fucking swan dive. Fed, here it is right here. Fed approved shift on inflation goal, ushering in a longer era of lower rates. Chairman Jerome Powell says central bank has changed how it views trade-off between lower unemployment and higher inflation. The Federal Reserve approved a major shift in how it sets interest rates by dropping its longstanding practice of preemptively, preemptively lifting them to head off higher inflation, a move likely to leave the U.S. borrowing costs very low for a very long time. Um, so, so in case you're wondering what that means is that you should not have your money in uh, bank accounts oh, fuck. or cash. You should have them in the stock market because otherwise – you're going to just actively start losing uh, money annually because they're going to lower the value of it. By the way, I listened to the uh, the Peter Schiff episode of Joe Rogan from July over the weekend, uh-huh. and boy, that was uh, that was depressing. I uh, got I cashed out of the stock market in mid July, and I am now and the the S and P is now up. Um, What's 300 divided by 3,000? 10%? Yeah. Yeah, great. Great. I got out. You know, that's, that's, that's the bullshit. I, and it's not the... I'm not going to complain about... I don't know. I want to complain about it. Because that's the bullshit that I saw, like, all of my friends didn't have jobs. No one I know has a job. I went to Greenville. No one has a job. They're all living on unemployment. They're all like struggling to pay rent and then it's like wham bam I'm going to get out because there the crash is coming like this can't be sustained forever and sure enough the stock market just continues to go up it doesn't make I will tell you right now that after the election it will probably crash regardless of who wins so I should so so what do I, then what do you okay this is not a this is not an investing uh Disclaimer, this is not an investing podcast. Please do not take this as, as actual financial advice. We are not registered financial advisors, blah, 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 blah. This is just two guys discussing finances over a beer. What do you do with your money? If you have to put it in the stock market, but the stock market's going to crash. Uh, well, honestly, it's, it's really hard to predict when the crash is going to come. No shit, man. Because if, it, especially- if, if we could predict that, we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Oh, 100%. Uh, especially, well, I mean, I guarantee it's going to have take a hit if Joe Biden does because he's going to roll back all of the tax cuts that uh, Donald Trump and the Republicans put in in 2017. Which, uh, okay, so how do you feel about that? That is incredibly, I am always in favor of tax cuts, but the problem is no one ever offsets them with spending cuts because everyone wants shit and everyone's in favor. Spending cuts are like uh, are those things like eating healthy, where it's uh, or it's like a kid eating healthy. It's like, yeah, I want to eat healthier, and then they're like, oh, do you want to eat carrots? Then it's like, no, I don't like carrots. Oh, do you want to eat broccoli? Then no, I don't like broccoli. Oh, do you want to eat green beans? No, I don't. I don't like green beans. It's that's what it is with spending cuts, because then you're literally like, oh, do you want to cut education? No, we need education. Oh, do you want to cut uh, the Department of Defense? No, we need the Department of Defense. Oh, do you want to cut? Do you want to cut the Department of Energy? No. We no, need we need the, the DOE. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's it's something where everyone has their own fucking pet project, and be, especially because the government employs uh, every department of the government employs like at least ten thousand people. No one wants to take responsibility for the fact that if they cut to if they were to just like cut any of those departments, then they'd be directly responsible for a bunch of people losing their jobs. Right, and no, yeah, and no, no one wants that falling directly on them. Right. Yeah, it's it's the epitome of, and I think that strangely enough, I think Peter Schiff actually talked about this in his Joe Rogan interview. It's the fact that politicians are only concerned with the seen effects because the unseen effects are things that uh, they are not they are not held accountable for the unseen effects, and so essentially what happens is that when when you don't when you increase taxes then you see where the money goes towards like uh, improving the roads or uh, building a new park or like uh, improving the local playground or stuff like that right but what you don't see is the fact that the convenience store down the street could have hired a new another uh, another kid to work in their shop or their, uh, or the barber shop could have opened another location on the other side of town. It's things like that that are no longer available, but people don't realize it because of because people don't see that personally. Right. And it's it's uh, I believe that it's Henry Hazlitt talks about this in uh, Economics in One Lesson, uh, where he discusses the broken windows theory of economics. Where plenty of people will see a broken window and they'll say, well, this is good because now that's, improve- that's helping the economy because that means that there will be uh, another job for a window maker to fix this window. But what they don't see is that the grocer who is all the money that the grocer was going to spend on improving his business now has to go towards this repair that otherwise wouldn't have, have been a problem. And so it it sets back what the growth of that business was going There's to be. There's no net gain. Yeah. Rather, than, rather than applying that money to a, an addition to his store where he'll, where he'll put in 10 windows, he has to spend that money on one window repair. Yeah. yeah I got it. I got it. Makes sense. Um, and that was, that was your fun little uh, economics lesson. Yep. Uh, so I learned a lot. That's econ. Um, what do you want to call that? Econ, econ with Ian. Or you could call it Ian Con. Ian Con. That sounds like a really bad convention. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Can you imagine a convention hall just full of people like me? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, um, it's called Autism Speaks, yeah. and it happens every August. <laughs> you, you were trying to come up with a. You were trying to come up with a joke uh, like that. Uh, I had a few, and I just was tiptoeing around how to deliver them. <laughs> so, uh, um, so you beat me to the punch. Love a little self-deprecating humor. Um, so this will also be an abridged podcast, so we should probably uh, move on to what else is going on. Um, I guess we could, I wanted to add it on to the economy discussion, but... Um, and we could, probably, we could probably skip this. I just wanted to make a note because we didn't get to cover this last week. I lost like 10 Twitter followers because of this tweet that um, I saw a headline, Ian, and I'm not sure if you saw this, that the USPS lost in, in 2018, one year, 
overpaid its workers by $522 million. Now, tell me, Ian, is that a lot? Um, well, considering they lose nineteen billion dollars a year, uh, it's a matter of it's a matter of perspective. Wow, I didn't know that was how much they lost every year. I think that is. It's let me check. I'll I'll double check that because we we pride ourselves on well, being accurate, right? Absolutely. Um, my my comment on the five hundred twenty-two million dollars simply in overpayment of its workers and wage theft, as it's commonly referred to. Um, oh my bad! It was uh, I added an extra an extra digit on there. It was only eight point eight billion dollars. Oh, okay. So only ten percent of over ten percent of their losses were on overtime overpayments. Um, but I just wanted to comment. The tweet was a comment on the fact that you have all these um, these uh, social justice warriors. And uh, uh, what's the what's the term Tim used? I can never remember this term. Where they're trying someone that does something good just for the appearance of it. Oh, that's virtue uh, signaling. Virtue signaling. Yeah, virtue yeah. signaling is a big. <clears throat> one. All these virtue signalers that went out and bought fifty dollars worth of stamps, as if that was going to save the USPS. Well, my favorite thing about that is, and it was pointed out by uh, someone I follow on Twitter, is that they actually lose money. Anytime you actually use those stamps, <laughs> so unless they just, th- so unless you just throw those stamps away, you, you actually haven't helped them because the more, uh, well, it's it's a bigger problem with packages or heavier mail than it is if you were just send like a letter. But no one sends fucking letters. I do. Um, you send letters. Well, I've sent birthday cards to my family. Oh. I... I just call them. Oh, um, yeah, I'm not, that my family's big on cards. It's uh, oh. it is it is what it is. Mine are not. I think my family's just happy that I'm still talking. <laughs> <to them. laughs> uh, I doubt that. Well, um, they're unhappy. Yeah, I doubt that. I doubt that. <laughs> it's a chore just to call you every week for this fucking podcast. So I can imagine how your family feels. Uh. uh. So, we will move on. <laughs> just kidding. God damn it. We'll move on to, to the next one. Is there anything you wanted to cover before we start looking ahead to the NCAA preview? Um, you know, I made a couple I made a couple notes, um, but I think we covered Yeah, actually, yes, I do. I want to talk about the WVU unmasked Twitter account that is just some prissy little social justice pronoun having pronoun in her bio having cat-loving dork who wants to rat on everyone. It's not even about... There's this Twitter account for the listener that doesn't know. There's a Twitter account on Twitter that was created this month that is like... was made to report students who weren't wearing masks around campus. And a quick little search down through the tweet timeline has has made me realize that it's not about who's not wearing a mask on campus rather it's what greek life and athletes are on campus not wearing a mask and also underage drinking that's another big one they have a problem with um i just think that a person like that that creates a social media account simply for the fact simply for the reason of of doxing people or ratting them out is the biggest piece of shit 
on the face of the planet and should be burned at the stake in the middle of Woodburn Woodburn Circle. Hoist her up. Hoist her up a, a fucking telephone pole. Paul, I think it's a her. Hoist the, the owner up a telephone pole and surround it by 150 pallets and light them on fire. She should be burned at the stake and she should suffer. And every person she called out on Twitter should be able to stand there and pour gasoline on it. Because that is the, that is, what a scumbag move that is. Number one, nobody gives a shit if you're underage drinking at West Virginia. Hello, you go to West Virginia University. If you have a problem with underage drinking, you should have gone to Baylor. Sorry. It is what it is. Okay? That's West Virginia. Or you could have, or you could have gone to Liberty and been Jerry Falwell Jr.'s pool guy. <laughs> I can't believe... we. Okay. Change of subject. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was just going to make... Before we change to that subject, I was just going to say that it, that reminded me of the story back in... I think it was like April of uh, the Missouri like call like tip line accidentally released the people who had been telling them who'd been tipping them off to people violating social distancing and it was just like that is the biggest karmic retribution ever is that now all of your neighbors now hate you for being that type of person yeah absolutely like mind your own fucking business man you know but just mind your own business. No one's like, th- these kids are young. They're going to go out. They're going to, if the bars are open in Morgantown, they're going to go to the bar because they know that if they get COVID, they're not going to fucking die. So what, what's the big deal? I mean, like, it's fine. Anyway, on the Jerry Falwell Jr., the, the podcast took a vacation last week, but we missed a great topic, Ian, and I'm glad you brought it up. Jerry Falwell Jr. was cracked out of his mind, calling the Wall Street Journal every hour <laughs> the night he resigned. Just, just, it sounded like he was just having a conversation with the reporter. <laughs> Did you get that vibe? Pretty much. <laughs> my, you know my, the best quote from that was? What's that? When he said, after I'm through, now that I'm through with all this, all, there's only one quote that comes to mind, and that's free at last, free at last. Thank <laughs> no, God Almighty, no, free I'm free at last. last. <laughs> Dude, compared himself and his situation to Martin Luther King Jr. being let out of a Birmingham jail. <laughs> Just unbelievable. And, and he's free at last because... The pool boy that his wife was fucking came out and said Jerry liked to watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. Oh, God. That's uh, just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's always the guys that put themselves in these positions of being holier than thou that wind up in situations like this. If this was your neighbor Kevin and you found out your neighbor Kevin's wife was fucking his, fucking his pool boy... And he was watching. You probably wouldn't care. You'd think it was kind of weird, but you, you wouldn't care, right? I'd see if I I'd see how attractive his wife was and possibly make <laughs> a proposal. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 the fact that it's it's the the leader of the one of the largest like over the top Baptist colleges in the country uh, that gets caught doing this. And this is after he posted a photo on Instagram of him and another woman with his fly undone and clearly a bottle of liquor or a glass of liquor in his hand. And the caption was like fun on the boat, 
This is just a dark brown liquid. Definitely not, definitely not alcohol. Dude, unbelievable. Unbelievable story. I laughed out loud when I read about that. <laughs> so funny. Great story. So it makes you wonder what else, what was, what was his dad doing? I don't really know anything about his dad. Uh, Falwell was like one of the original televangelists, I think. Yeah, I figured as much. You know, but, um, God, so funny. All right, uh, so that's enough about religion and politics. Um, let's move into sports. Ian, where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with our NCAA preview. Okay, let's do it. Um, so games start next weekend? Uh, with the mid-majors, it's this weekend, and next weekend is when the Power Five starts. So, out. honestly, like, I have done zero research. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I've honestly done zero research just because I'm going to be happy to see any football at all. Um, yeah. So, in terms of preview, the, the great thing about this year and this is being overlooked by everybody, apparently, because it, you know, it was released and people said it was good, but I think it's not really in front of everybody's mind, is that this year basically doesn't count. This is like a glorified spring practice where you get to play other teams. No one will lose... It, the only reason why this is happening is essentially so that the seniors can have additional tape for the draft. Well, but Ian, that's the thing. They don't... If they don't play well enough this year, they can come back. Oh, they can? Yes. I didn't see that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So no matter how many games you play this year, you do not lose a year of eligibility. That is interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So obviously, like, guys like Trevor Lawrence are going to be gone. Um, West Virginia will probably lose Darius Stills. Um but here's the proposition for you, and we're going to get right into West Virginia football because why not? Um, Jared Dagey, we're going to have – Jared Dagey is going to start – he came to West Virginia as a junior, and he's going to start four years at West Virginia. Think about that. Huh. He started four games last year. He'll start all ten this year, and then and then after this year, he'll still have two years of eligibility left. That's good. That's great. If, if if last year, if the end of last year is any is any indication, that's good news. He will be a si- uh, he, also. He will be the first six year starter in the history of the NCAA. <laughs> uh, also, just before we proceed fully, I do want to say that apparently Big 12 football was salvaged by E. Gordon Gee, which I'm not a big fan of E. Gordon Gee, but it, uh, I have to give credit where it's due. I would never have expected him to be the one responsible for saving Big 12 football. For all the shit and fun things he's ruined, he knows how much football brings in WVU. <laughs> so he had... Yeah. He, he knows where his biscuit is buttered. He, he knows where the money comes He from. did not do this out of the kindness of his heart. By, <laughs> by no, no means. I guarantee it wasn't, but that's not really the fucking <laughs> point. Typically, everything else he's done has pissed me off. Like what? <clears throat> Uh, well, mostly just the raising of tuition. Uh, yeah, just for in-state students, though. Well, 
Yeah, that's what affected. Exactly. That's my point. That's my point. I'm, it's, I'm commenting on how they raise tuition for in-state students, not for out-of-state students. Um, so he did. He did. He was on the conference call, and I guess I, I don't. I didn't read the whole article, but basically he was like, "We need to play," and I guess he offered some good insight into the Big Twelve conference call about playing and. One thing led to another, and here we are with the Big 12 season coming up on us, uh, coming up on us here starting in October for West Virginia. But yep. so, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? How far into the season are we going to get? I think we'll get through the whole season. Is COVID okay? So this is a nice time to slip in. The CDC pressed governors to have a, a vaccination plan in place for November first distribution. Which sounds like the Moderna vaccine that Trump or the Pfizer vaccine that Trump bought, basically, um, will be ready for distribution. A hundred million of them will be ready for distribution, or some of the hundred million will be ready for distribution in November. So, do you think um, do you think we'll see the season kind of get delayed? Where if a team has an outbreak, they will push their game or cancel their game or you know will there be they talk about the college football playoff where will, will there be a college football playoff with the big 10 with yeah i i think that it is going to be a little delayed i think that there's not i think that it'll probably be a little later in january if not february uh that it might be pushed off till because the big 10 i think is starting what especially like, with the big 10 starting in october right 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 well you know the other thing overlooked here too is that you know the other the other Conferences are only starting like a week earlier, you know, so maybe two weeks earlier, but still, I mean, for the most part, I mean, the big 12 is starting a month earlier, September 12th, but that's our one, I guess three weeks earlier. Well, two weeks earlier, almost everyone's playing that September 12th game and then has a bye. I guess that's, you know what I'm saying? So they're only, and that's our, that's our one out of conference game. Um, Yeah, that's true. So I'm saying like the big 12 won't be starting play until. October or late September. So you, the, the Big Ten ain't going to be that far behind. It'll be, I don't know, it's going to be interesting regardless. Um, I love how everyone just completely forgot about the Pac-12 like they do every year. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, the, the winner of the Pac-12 is everyone who does not just sit there and watch that garbage. <laughs> yeah. This would be, you know, I, 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 would, I would like to see the Big 12 poach a couple teams. Out of the Pac-12, like Colorado. I mean, who could they get? Colorado, Utah, maybe one of the Arizonas. Colorado, and I think both Arizonas or – I think both Arizonas would be a good addition. I think that would be, but I think that that's a little too far west and they they really wouldn't want to have to fly all the way to West Virginia and West Virginia wouldn't want to go out there. It's not that much further left west than Lubbock, Texas. That's fair. Well, that's true. And it's, it's almost directly north of – south of Colorado, and Colorado is in the Big 12. I think once you start getting on airplanes and the flights are – once you start getting on airplanes, the, I think distance becomes nominal, in my opinion. The, the, what's the big deal if you add an extra half hour, basically? Right. If you're busing, obviously, like, if you're busing and, you know, you were in the Big East and all of a sudden you have to start busing to um, – like Missouri, right? Like that's a long ride if over Louisville and um, Pittsburgh and Rutgers where you know six hours, seven hours, and you start having to ride 10 or 12 or 15 hours. But yeah, what's another half hour or an hour on an airplane? 
you know, the, any away games already a wash. They already treat these away games like they're, you know, miniature miniature business trips where you, you, you leave on Thursday night or Friday morning and you have two nights there. You have a night there and then you get on the plane after the game, regardless of what time the game ends. Um, so I, I think Arizona, <clears throat> Arizona, Arizona State, when I think Arizona's in the SWAC, the original SWAC. Um, I can't remember. I can look it up, but I don't feel like it. Um, yeah, it's not super yeah. important. But yeah, I'd like to see that. But, you know, Nebraska was the one I really wanted, and the Big Ten figured out what they were doing. Yeah. Real shame. Missed opportunity for us. So, uh, Or the Big 12. With any luck, West Virginia would have left for the ACC. But That'll never happen. No, it won't. Um, I don't know. TV deals are negotiated again. I think it's next year or the year after. Yeah, it's in like two or three years is when the next. No, it's 2024 is when the conference realignment thing kind of starts up again. Gotcha. Um, so do we want to get into actually doing the predictions? Let's start with we'll do the actual record for WVU, and then we'll just predict uh, sub like division champions and conference champions okay. for, the, for the Power Five. Um, so West Virginia, I'm going to, I, like I said, no research. I think we're going to be pretty good this year. This year's such a crapshoot. We're going to lose to Oklahoma. Um, we get Texas on the road. I, I really think I had predicted 10 wins in the previous schedule, but that assumed we were going to win every count out of, uh, out of conference game. I think we'll have three conference losses. So I think a good, I think a good year for WVU is seven and three. I think that that would be an outstanding year. I think we go five and five. Five and five. Who are we going to lose to? I think we lose to Oklahoma. I think we lose to Texas. I think we lose to Iowa State. Uh, I think we lose uh, to Oklahoma State. And then there's one other one that we lose that just boils our blood because we shouldn't have lost to it. So you're thinking six and four. I think seven and three. I think we lose to Oklahoma. I think we lose to... Oh, gosh. That's the thing, man. When I start, probably Iowa State and I, and I just Oak, five teams and, that I thought we would. Oka- and Oklahoma State. I think we win every other game. I don't see us losing to Texas. I, Tom Herman. I just, Tom Herman's I a see. god-awful coach. He's horrible. He's he's not great. He's horrible. I, I just don't think that we have the talent to compete with the talent that they have. I think that I wouldn't be surprised if we beat them, but I'm not projecting that we do. Okay, fair enough. All right, moving on. What's next? Uh, then we'll just go ahead and pick the Big 12 winner. That's Oklahoma. I think that's an easy it's pick. I, I don't think there's exactly. there's going to be no competition for Oklahoma this year. Spencer Rattler, well, although I, although Rattler has played like 10 snaps in, in Division One football, I, he's going to be a superstar. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Oklahoma. Uh, okay, uh, then we'll move on to the ACC. Boy, that's the go ahead. Coastal and Atlantic. Yeah, uh, so I like uh, I like UNC in the Coastal Division. Um, I looked through their schedule. UNC could very easily win all of their games this year. Um, just a just an easy easy schedule for UNC. <clears throat> so I, I like them to win the the Coastal and then the Atlantic, obviously Clemson. Yeah, I mean, Clemson, and I'm going to pick Clemson to win the ACC overall because it's just, it's pretty fucking predictable. I actually think that for a similar reason to what you said, 
I'm looking at it now, and I mean, ever, Virginia Tech, I think, is going to win, uh, is going to win the Coastal because it's just looking at every team that they play. I mean, the toughest, they have to play Clemson, which puts them behind the eight ball, uh, and then they also have to play they're, Virginia, UNC, and Louisville. They're at, they're at UNC, though, and that's why I like, that's why I like UNC there. That's a good point, but I I just think Virginia Tech's gonna be gonna gonna carry forward some of the momentum. Fuente's a glue sniffer. Too. What? Fuente's a glue sniffer, man. He's a bad coach too. <laughs> By the way, I did not realize that UVA's head coach is named Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall. You know where he coached before uh, UVA? No. BYU, which is just a great name for a BYU head coach. Um, Perfect. Anyway. Okay. So we're both picking Clemson. I've got Vodtech. You've got UNC. Okay, we'll move on to the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. So gets a little dicey here. Um, I haven't really looked at the schedule. So let me pull it up. But uh, i got to be honest. I'm picking, I'm picking Alabama in the West just because – Nick Saban, I think this year is going to be all about coaching, and Nick Saban's the best coach in the country, and I think that he'll have his his fifty five star recruits lined up and ready to go. Better than Dabo. Hmm? Better than Dabo. I I think yeah, he's definitely a better coach than Dabo Sweeney. Okay, all right. Um... Yeah, I mean, what I, the big thing for Dabo is his defensive coordinator, uh, Venables. Yeah, yeah. It comes doesn't fucking play anybody either. Um, I like, yeah, I like Alabama to win the West. Uh, I think LSU is going to have a down year. There's like nobody on their roster right now. Yeah, they they graduated a lot of seniors. And then if you don't pick Georgia out of the East, you're just a fucking idiot. So, I, <laughs> well, I was going to, but the concern is that their their quarterback just today said that he was opting out of the season to prep for the draft. Um, so Justin Fields was also spotted at multiple Georgia practices. So not sure if you heard that or not. Um, I did not. Yeah, so Justin Fields has been spotted at multiple Georgia practices, not practicing, just kind of hanging out, which is interesting. Um, I don't know who I'd pick. Maybe Florida out of the East, if, if not Georgia, but I, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Florida just because I'm, I'm worried about the quarterback situation. But obviously, if they remedy it quickly, which they almost certainly can, uh, I would I'd probably go for Georgia in any other situation. I'm going to stick with Georgia anyway. So I think it's Georgia-Alabama, and I think Alabama wins the SEC championship. Yeah, I think Alabama does as well. Um, and then we'll go to the Big Ten, the late additions. Who do you got in the West and the East? Um, I got to look at the Big Ten. Honestly, the Big Ten schedule, because I don't know. I mean, if, if Justin Fields stays at Ohio you gotta State. You got to take Ohio State. You have to take Ohio State. And I think that they're probably going to win the – they're going to win the conference. Um, I'm trying to think. I actually really like uh, Mr. Row Your Boat up there in, in Minnesota – to win the to win the West. So there's no schedule released. So I um uh, let me just take a look at the standings. Um of course that's basketball. God damn it. Sorry, bad radio. I mean Wisconsin Wisconsin's 
been like a dominant team out in the West for a while, but I, I just have a feeling that it'll be Minnesota this year. There's the standings. Okay, yeah, so out of the East, obviously Ohio State, and then Iowa, I don't like it. I'm going to take Wisconsin. I'm going to take Wisco over um, over Minnesota. Shout out, Lindsay. I would not, I would not be surprised if Penn State – uh, pulled one over on Ohio State, but for the most part, I think that it's going to – I think the safe bet's Ohio State. Yeah, agreed. And then who do you think makes the college football playoff? So in the playoff, I'm going to probably take – got to take the conference champion. So Ohio State, there's – literally this will be the first year where it's just the four conference champions. Um, I, that's what I'm thinking. So too, I yeah. think you're going to have Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. Yeah, we're in total agreement on that. This is one of those where it's just – I think this is where you go with the Blue Bloods that have been consistent for a while because you need to – You know they're good. You know they're good. You can't put yeah. a wild card in there based on just playing their own conference this year. There's no out-of-conference yeah, exactly. way to, to judge the team, so you've got to take the conference champions, and that's just the way it's got to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so um, that concludes our college football preview. I know, Ian, you have – commitments here in a few minutes um so do you want to what do you want to move on to next i'll go through my hockey corner yep okay so i'm super depressed the boston bruins were knocked out by the tampa bay Uh, that's why you're depressed yeah well more depressed than you (laughs) okay um yeah uh i basically foresaw this the second that tuka rask opted out of the bubble uh because his daughter was hospitalized, but don't worry. There's still people saying from Boston saying that he quit on the team uh, because they're god-awful people. Um, the, the team just really was dejected, and I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are just absolutely built and ready to run through the conference finals. I don't think that... As long as Kucherov gets healthy, I don't think there's any chance that the Islanders or the Flyers make it past the Lightning. Um, but it looks like it'll be the Islanders for now. Uh, and then on the opposite side, we have the Stars still have a 3-2 lead over the Avalanche. And I'll need to check back, but I believe I picked the Stars as my Stanley Cup champions, uh, or at least the winners of the West at the start of the year around this time last year so i'm really hoping that that works out and then vegas golden knights are just head and shoulders better than the canucks it seems like and just are having trouble putting them away um but i I think they'll eventually do it it'll be an interesting conference finals i still think the stars will probably end up beating the golden knights in seven uh and then the lightning will probably win over what looks like it'll be the Islanders in six and five. If it's the Flyers, I think it'll be six. But I think it'll be the Stars versus the the Blues in the uh, in the Stanley Cup. Finals. What were the Stars' um, pre pre bubble odds to win? Pre bubble? God, I have no idea. I think it was like plus a thousand. Wow. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good odds. Pretty good odds. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I have nothing else to contribute other than that. I don't know jack shit about hockey. I have not watched one ounce of hockey. Are you, were you devastated? Were you, we missed last week. Were you devastated by the, uh, by the elimination of the Flames? By the way, I don't know if I said this beforehand, but I had picked the Bruins, 
the Flyers, the Golden Knights, and the Stars to get through to this round. So it's looking like my West picks are going to come through and my East picks are very much And just proof that you don't uh, watch enough East Coast hockey. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Um, all right, so uh, moving on to, you know, I'm going to skip golf corner. Uh, I guess Tour Championship this week. I didn't watch any golf last week, but it was a very exciting finish between Dustin Johnson and John Rahm. I wanted to do a golf course review, but I'll do that next week. It's not very, uh, it's not very, it's an evergreen review. Um, so that's all we got for golf corner. Uh, would you like to move on to questions? Sure. All right, let's pull these bad boys up. So we go here to the Instagram. Sound like an old man. We have two questions. Uh, one from this. The first one is from T. Royce. He asks, most attractive female pro athlete? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, that's, a, that's a tough Carly one. Carly Lloyd's a good one. Carly Lloyd's good. Um, Danica Patrick's pretty good looking. She sucks as a person, but she's pretty good looking. Um, Alex Morgan in her prime. Oh, yeah. Couldn't go wrong with Alex Morgan. Uh, hmm. hmm. Sharapova was uh, up there yeah. for tennis And a then, while you ago. know, um, uh, Caroline Wozniacki, obviously. Oh, uh, Ronda Rousey. Uh, you know, I was never a big Rousey guy. Never. Uh, what are your thoughts? I'm trying to think who else in MMA. Uh, I can't really think of who it is. MMA just, uh, those, like, the idea that those girls could, like, accidentally kill me is just crazy so i, I don't the idea that you think it would be an accident if they <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh, number one i mean lindsey vaughn is up there yeah i said lindsey vaughn jackass um I, I was busy thinking of better answers <laughs> i'm trying to think who's been in an si swims like si swimsuit editions that was a professional athlete I'm thinking of like through going through all. The, oh, Natalie Golbus was always a classic too. Um, Ooh, uh, Paige Sporanic. Yeah. Okay, that's the pick right there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Yep. Is uh, is Gretzky's daughter? I can't remember her first. No, name. she's not a professional is, athlete. She's just married to one. Okay, I thought that she was also a professional golfer. No, no, she's just married to DJ. What a lucky uh, I know, <clears throat> I know. Um, fun fact: she's got the uh, she's got Gretzky's number tattooed um, inside her bikini line on her pelvis. Yeah, no, uh, I think we discuss this every time TJ or <laughs> Gretzky comes up. <laughs> Paulina, Paulina, uh, um, boy, good for DJ. Um, all right, so. We have another Next we question. have another question from Mr. JPE1323. He asks, how many pumpkin spice cold brews are you going to drink this year? The answer is zero. Like the like just coffee? Yeah. Not like when he says pumpkin spice cold brews, he means like the coffee, not like it's a pumpkin spice beer. Right. right. He definitely doesn't mean cold brew. He means like a cold brew. Okay, zero. Yeah, zero. What a dumb... That was, I'm, I'm not a big coffee That's drinker. a bad question, Jake. You know what the answer is going to be. Zero. 
Now, if it's if it's a pumpkin spice cold brew, uh, it might be a couple. It'll probably also be zero. But I've I've already had one. Actually, I had one at the uh, at the Dogfish Head brewery thing I went to a couple weeks ago uh, with Tim. But otherwise, yeah. I'm just not a big I'm not a big pumpkin guy. So. No, it's not not great. Not a big pumpkin guy. Um, all right, so that concludes questions. Uh, let's move on to our uh, favorite segment, uh, This Week and Nobody Cares. Uh, this Week and Nobody Cares. Would you like to go first? Yeah, uh, This Week and Nobody Cares. Britney Spears was given a new conservatorship. This Week and Nobody Cares. This Week and Nobody Cares. Uh, fuck, I forgot to bring up my this week and nobody cares you go again while i check and see what uh this week and nobody cares the portland mayor tells neighbors he's moving after there was a riot outside his condo this week and nobody cares oh this week (laughs) this week and nobody cares uh biden harris campaign launches animal crossing yard signs this week and nobody nobody cares. cares uh this week and nobody cares lindsey graham's uh competitor jaime harrison is it jamie or jaime I assumed it was Jamie. Yeah, I pronounced it Jaime. Um, I don't know if he's Hispanic. I mean, if he's Hispanic, then it might uh, be. We'll just call it Jamie. Jamie Harrison raised $10 million in August. This week and nobody cares. This week and nobody cares. Is it common for people to just like to set their money on fire like that? I, I, like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't come prepared with the, too many this week and nobody cares. So I, I only had the one. Uh, this week and nobody cares. Vice released an article uh, titled, I'm missing both arms. This is how I have sex. This week and nobody cares. He really didn't. This week and nobody he cares. He really didn't come with anything. Uh, I, I didn't know that you had so many. I thought we were only going through three and just move the fuck off. Oh, this is a great one. God, I, how did I forget this one? Uh, this week and nobody cares. Bella Thorne. Uh, scammed people um, on OnlyFans for nude photos. Uh, I think actually there's quite a few people that are upset about that because she's <laughs> fucked over everyone else on OnlyFans. Uh, maybe more of a dumpster fire of the week. Oh, uh, this week and nobody cares. Uh, Andrea Bernstein inquired to the White House if three-year-old Joseph Trump uh, actually oh. built the Lego model on the Oval Office desk. How did I not think of that? I, I'm the one that sent that. <laughs> yes, she did. This week and nobody cares. <laughs> this week and nobody cares. Um. Oh, uh, this week I got a bunch. This week and nobody cares. Uh, Donald Trump apparently violated the Hatch Act by uh, hosting a, his RNC acceptance speech on the White House lawn. This week and nobody. Cares. <laughs> this week and nobody cares. As as someone who is an anarchist and is always upset about the government abusing its authority, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I didn't even know what the Hatch Act was. <laughs> no, neither did any of the other people that, that were complaining <laughs> yeah. about it until Donald Trump came out and did it. Um, are you done then? <laughs> Yeah, here it is. That's this literally this week. Nobody cares. Was the this that was the actual tweet? The RNC is blatantly violating the Hatch Act. Quote: 
Nobody outside the Beltway really cares, unquote, Mark Meadows responded. <laughs> and guess what? He's, he's 100% he is correct. 100% You know how right. I know that? It's because no one's mentioned it for a fucking The week. fact I had to Google the Hatch Act to understand what he was doing was wrong was like... That's, I have to tell you right now that I did not realize that that was illegal because I have just assumed that's the entire per- – like that's what the perks of being the president are is that you can use your position. Like right. That. Yeah, that's like why it's difficult to defeat an incumbent. <laughs> you know, like unbelievable. All right. Um, moving on to um, I guess uh, dumpster fire of the week. Ian, would you like to go first? Uh Dumpster fire of the week is is going to be. Oh, fuck. If you take mine, I'm going to kill with? you. Okay, you go first, <laughs> right. and because I might have, I might have been about to, my, to just do the. My my dumpster fire of the week this week is soup. <laughs> so, Shit! Yeah, go ahead. So there's a minute and a half video of Donald Trump talking about how. And I quote, they're just leaving these bags of soup on the road and you can't throw a brick, but you can throw soup. It's much easier to throw soup. And so these, these looter, looters and rioters are throwing these cans of soup. And if you stop them, they say, well, I stole this because I needed it. It's a necessity, but they're using it to throw it, throw it at you. It's a very dangerous weapon. It hurts when it hits you. And you can't throw a brick. It's much more dangerous than a brick. <laughs> just, Dude, I, will, I have to tell. I got maybe thirty seconds into it before I just started laughing. I was laughing like when he said "bags of soup." I lost it because <laughs> I'm picturing someone walking around with a trash bag of liquid soup. And just just swinging it like it's a fucking <laughs> sling and just launch uh, it into somebody's. <laughs> Oh, God. Best video I've seen on the internet in a long time. So funny. Oh, oh God. It was, it was spectacular. Oh. <laughs> a whole minute explaining how soup can be used as a weapon. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, right. no, it's, it's, it, it was stupendous. All right, all right. What do you, um, what do you have? Mine, mine is it. I had to go back to an old, an old favorite. Uh, so they announced uh, my dumpster fire of the week is the New York State government, uh, and they announced this week, this past week, that they were going to be investigating the decisions that went into sending patients back to nursing homes. Yes, and so they would start collecting data and communications. That led up to those decisions, and the uh, the health department for uh, I think it would be the health and human services department or health department. I'm not sure what the official title for New York is, uh, but the head of it said that they can't find the records. Oh no, I can't find them. That's why they haven't been supplied yet. <laughs> Didn't it come out later that? That Cuomo said they won't be released until after election day. Uh, I did not see that, but that sounds about. I right. think I read that today. That Cuomo was like, "Yeah, they're they're not going to be released until after election day." Um, meanwhile, Florida has 
uh, one-eighth of the death rate that New York City has. And uh, everyone's claiming that cases are going to spike down there. Sorry, I hijacked your dumpster fire of the week. But yeah, no, it's I, that was essentially just it. Was I was trying to keep it short. Uh, All right, <clears throat> uh, well, let's move on to uh, Boomer of the Week. I'll let you go first this time, Ian. Well, I'll be honest. Uh, if you take mine again, you scumbag. Okay, you go first. I know. What are you, is it, are you going to say, Pelosi? No, no. You. Do, I was going to go with the soup thing. But oh, go ahead. Okay. All right. So. My, my my boomer of the week is Nancy Pelosi, who, in an all-time Pelosi move, not only who, who has been – Pelosi has been adamant, has criticized the entire Republican Party for not wearing masks, for requesting voting by proxy because it's too dangerous to be in pro- Congress and <clears throat> presides over the communist state of California. Um, she, uh, yesterday – went into, I guess Monday, was outed by a salon owner for getting an entire shampoo and blowout inside a closed salon wearing no mask and not practicing social distancing. That's not what makes her Boomer of the Week. What makes her Boomer of the Week is that she didn't know she was violating any of the rules that she had been preaching about for six months. (laughs) It is the epitome of that, of the... Of the old Dave Chappelle joke, I didn't know I couldn't do that. And I wasn't upset with him for getting away with that. I was upset because as a black man, I would have never thought to say that. (laughs) It's like, dude, clearly it is a blatant lie by Pelosi here. Like, that's just standing up into the camera and, and like, I mean, straight up, like, a, a page straight out of the Bill Clinton book, like, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Like, clearly telling a bold-faced lie to the entire American public, knowing full well that they're not going to believe you. <laughs> like, Apparently, she now, she started uh, talking about how the salon owner uh, basically set her up today in a press conference. How did the salon owner set her up? It was closed. I, uh, I don't, it couldn't have, she's, it's clearly her lying and trying to get people to believe that she wasn't just flaunting the fact wow. that she. Nancy Pelosi gaslighting, gaslighting America. Uh, paint me a better picture than that, buddy. Oh gosh. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Nothing like being gaslit by the, uh, by the leader of the democratic party. Um, so phenomenal stuff. Well, the public leader of the, the Democratic Party, we know it's Hillary Clinton sitting in Joe Biden's basement pulling the uh, pulling the strings from the rooftop, but <laughs> with, with her with her hand up his eyes. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking more of the the puppets with the strings. I can't think of what they're called. Marion. Yeah, uh-huh, that's what I was kind of picturing. But <laughs> I, well, I think that. Uh... It's, There's no way that she does that because if she if she did that, then I think that Bill Clinton would have wouldn't have cheated on her. So much. <laughs> I was gonna make a Simpsons reference, but that's a great way to. Uh, oh God, damn it! You still have another segment. Okay, um, well, I'm picturing Biden at the first uh, the first debate. Remember when uh, when Homer killed um, Smithers? And he had to give Smithers had to give a speech, so they made him into a marionette and brought him out on stage. Have you seen that episode? 
I haven't seen that episode, but that's great. That's exactly what Joe Biden is going to be like at the, at the, at the debates. 100%. Um, anyway, Ian, I'll let you get onto your Boomer of the Week so we can wrap this up. Oh, shit. I thought that I had already given my Boomer of the Week. Uh, no, it's, um, it's Joe Biden. And it's this. I may give Ronnie a little bit of a break. Uh, because I'm basically going to turn my boom of the week into this week in Joe Biden's senility. Uh, and so when he was speaking in, at a press conference where he didn't take questions, uh, he, he was speaking about, I was trying to find the exact, uh, like the exact wording taken down of what he said, but because it was, like, two days ago, and uh, the news cycle changes every 20 minutes, I can't seem to find it. But the words he said was, for the first time in a hundred years, coronavirus in the last century for a record-breaking in the first, in the last hundred years, I mean, come on, man. It's, it's, unmatched uh he just stumbled for about for about a solid 60 seconds and not in like the stuttering way where he had a stutter it's he's just saying nonsense words over and over nobody knew where he was going uh yeah and then the best part was i think it was one of those big trumpy guys jack posobiec went and took the words and actually organized them into a coherent sentence where, like, it was like, this might have been what he was trying to say, and that didn't make any sense. Like, it was an empty <laughs> platitude that didn't make any sense either. Oh, God. The, you know, dude, the more I hear him speak publicly, the more I realize, like, he's he just, he's not, he's too old. Like, he's just too old. I, I would love yeah. to, like, be able to actually, like, look at these candidates, both of the candidates, and say, like, here are the pros and minuses of both of them. But you can't. You just can't. They're too fucking old, both of them. They're too old. Pretty, pretty anyway, all right. Well, well um, uh, I need to, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yep, um, and so do I. So it was uh, a great hour and six minutes with you, the listener. And uh, don't forget to pay the public. Pay the public, fuckers.